Take a look behind the curtain with a real whistleblower and American patriot. Prepare to embrace the uncomfortable truth because this program has no time for comforting lies. Here is civil liberties enthusiast, Second Amendment defender, and recovering FBI agent, Kyle Serafin. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Kyle Serafin Show. Today is Wednesday. It's hump day. It is October the 11th. It's 10 11. Today is going to be a, kind of a weird show, I think. I think it's been a weird week. We started off the week on a Saturday. Mostly we start them off on a, either a Sunday or a Monday, depending on what kind of person you are. But we started the week off on a Saturday with a news cycle that is now dominating what's going on in the national press, is dominating what's going on in the emotional sort of content of this country. And I think it is also dominating what is going on in many of our lives. It doesn't matter where you go. If you go walk down the street and talk to your neighbors. I, I take my own advice, by the way, folks. I go out and I talk to my neighbors. I saw yesterday we did a little tour with my kiddos. We walked down the street up and back. We saw all the people putting up Halloween decorations and the decorations that were up. We waved to people and we talked to them and talked to guys that are just like me. They like to buy things when they're on clearance. So right now, apparently a lot of things are on clearance when you're going out and looking for Halloween decorations. One of my neighbors who is a kind of a riot, he works at the military base up the way. And he said, uh, for $250, I don't want a nine foot tall inflatable dragon, but for $130, I can't, I can't go without it. So he's now has a monstrous dragon in his front yard, but we had a nice chat and everybody's talking about Israel. Everyone's talking about Hamas. Everybody's talking about what's going on in the middle East. And there's a big opportunity cost there. And you might be thinking, Kyle, what in the world does that have to do with the legacy of COVID-19 as you have put out on the thumbnail today? And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what I think it is. It's almost a sensation. I don't know that it even is a, a coherent narrative. We're going to explore it together. Before we do that, I want to say thanks to my friends over at Catholic Vote. Folks, you know them. There it is, Catholic Vote. Uh, go to catholicvote.org if you want to get the loop. That's their one minute of the news. They obviously cover in things like uh, like what's going on in Israel right now. That's, that's uh, undeniable. You can't get away from it. However, there's two other things there I want to call your attention to. One of them, ex-CIA boss. This is um, General Michael Hayden, former director of the CIA and the NSA. He's a retired Air Force general. And he said the following. Uh, in response to a post that uh, was made, he said, should Tommy Tuberville, that's a senator in Alabama, be removed from his committee? Yes or no? How about the human race? That's interesting. That's an interesting call from somebody at the top of our uh, of our sort of military industrial complex, our intelligence industrial complex. And then also a German family. If you've been following this, they're a German family that's been doing Christian homeschooling in the United States for the last 10 years. They flee, they fled rather persecution in Germany. And apparently we're interested in trying to deport them as a as a family. We're not worried about the literally millions of people that are in this country illegally. If you saw Ryan Mattis show this morning, he covered that pretty aggressively. The number of people coming in through the border is a shockingly high number. But we're more interested in a German Christian family. It tells you where the values of this government are. It tells you where the values and where they want you to pay attention. And that even makes it weirder, this, this long narrative. So like I said, we're going to explore some of this stuff. And here we go right now. Let's start off. Uh, Ryan, topic one was my visit to CNN's homepage this morning. And it made me think about COVID more than anything else. This is the homepage right there. What is the first thing that it says on CNN's page? Brutality of Hamas terror laid bare. You can see that the main story that they're covering down are pictures of rubble in Gaza, women wailing in Jerusalem, people praying, people trying to evacuate from all kinds of things, soldiers moving into the field and setting up for some sort of forward movement. Um, they've got stories about children being butchered. That's the second biggest story on the top left-hand side. You're hearing about heads being cut off, a lot of atrocious sort of horrific things being considered, right? And we're staring at this. Now, this is from CNN, who is probably, I would say, left center. They're not hard left like some of the others, but they are left center, 100%, um, only because we've moved the Overton window so far to the left now that they can be considered that. They probably would be considered hard left 15 years ago. Let's pull up, let's pull up MSNBC. We're going to do a reflection on that as well. There you go. Israel is laying out the justification for ground war. Got guys standing on top of tanks, got soldiers making strong fists. Saudi Arabian and Iran, they're the enemy. They're not interested in Palestinians. That's interesting. You got people cautioning you. This is actually probably the only really, really good uh, piece there from MSNBC saying, before you hit that post on the Israel-Hamas war, read this. 
So I'm going to go and I might actually read this for you because I actually thought that was useful to read. It says social media pressures us into making statements of support, combination or sympathy in moments of social and political turmoil. We're actually going to get into this pretty deeply, but there it is. It actually there is actually a human mechanism that is encouraging you to go after this. I'm going to read some of this article for you. The silence coming from our non-Jewish friends is speaking volumes right now, says an Instagram post. What is that trying to do? Shame you into doing something? You're trying to feel like you should take action? Do your actions on social media, do they do anything for this war? Do they do anything to change the outcomes? I actually spoke to my friend David Pollock, who has a radio show in Orlando earlier. He was texting me, and uh, he said, you're funny, because we're in this this chat group on uh, on Twitter of a bunch of people that were trying to share some information. And I said, I don't trust any of it. I don't trust anything that is coming out at all. Everybody has a stake in it. Everybody is emotionally involved in some way, shape, or form or another. All right? So they're trying to push you to do something. There's viral posts here. Some of the viral posts are actually incredible. There are uh, people shooting missiles at planes. And what did we find out that missile plane video was? You just you saw it just before we started, Ryan. Oh, yeah, it's fake. It's a, it's a video game. <laughs> it's a video game. People are using video game, AI-created 3D animation, and they are showing you things that have nothing to do with reality to get an emotional reaction to you. There it is right there. There's this video of of CNN telling you that, hey, I know that everybody saw this. It was something like over a half million people saw this video on Twitter, on social media, one of the biggest sort of marketplaces. 517,000. And what happens? It's just a video game, and then it's given a, a caption, and it's given like it has something to do with the ongoing conflict. There is a massive war going on right now, folks, but it's not the war that we are hearing about. Uh, it is the war that Alex Jones has been talking about for a very long time. How how prophetic that that man came up with the idea of Infowars what, 10 or 15 years ago. And interestingly enough, I'm going to be sitting at Alex Jones's desk later on today. I will be uh, joining Owen Schroyer as he co-hosts or guest hosts for uh, Alex Jones, who's out. And so we're going to be sitting down and talking about God knows what, but uh, I'm going to go down to their studios at the undisclosed location in Austin, Texas today. So let's talk about the legacy of COVID. And, and I think it actually, if you'll pull up a topic, I think it's six that you've got there, Ryan. This is our piece from the X-Files. You guys remember the X-Files? Next one, if you would. The X-Files was this iconic show. Nope, and the one with the trust no one. <laughs> the X-Files, there it is. The X-Files was an iconic show in the 90s. I remember talking to my dad about it not too long ago, and when we were discussing it, he said he used to love and he looked forward to the X-Files coming on every Friday. It would always end the intro scene. It would say created by Chris Carter. It was one of the great things that Chris Carter probably ever did with his life is that he had that intro scene. It was so iconic that we all sat there and we watched the government denies knowledge and the, you know, they would show pictures of maybe aliens and they would show pictures of all this other kind of like psyops related things. They would show all these, these really interesting aerial phenomena. They would show the FBI badge. They would show the FBI credentials. It was Fox Mulder played by David Duchovny, Dana Scully. Right. And they were these two, these two truth seekers in the world. And one of them, his motto was, I want to believe. I want to believe. I want to go out there and find the truth, but I want to believe. He was a hopeful type. And so everything was possible. And Dana Scully was the medical doctor. I don't know how many medical doctors are actually FBI agents. I've met zero. I've met a couple of people that were nurses, but I never met a doctor that was an FBI agent, but whatever. She was a physician. She was trained in science. That was her story. And so Dana Scully was out there to discern, to be a skeptic, to try to find out what phenomena were um, you know, explainable by other means. We were always trying to get to the truth of it. That was, that was something that science could explain and not some sort of uh, extraterrestrial, extra phenomena. And so that was, the, that was the story. That was, what, seven, eight, nine seasons of this thing? They always ended at every single entry scene with, the, with trust no one or the truth is out there. Sometimes they would throw trust no one up there. And all those are actually the legacy that we all learned. We learned this in the 90s, but we hit it again in 2020. Most of you learned that you can trust no one. There's no one that you can really turn around and trust because everybody has an angle. And that's actually okay to be a skeptic. That's what we advocate for here at the Kyle Serafin Show. I advocate that you approach all people as though they are not worthy of your trust until they earn it. And you and you alone are the one who can set up what that bar is. And it should be a very high bar. So how bizarre is it that we all took these legacies from COVID? We came out with a, the government immediately started giving you stats and statistics. They were giving you information that was so scary. 
that you had to comply with them. And some of us looked at it and went like, no, that's, that's nonsensical. That's illogical. There's no way they even had time to do the studies on these numbers. These, there's no way you have population-based death stats this fast because they can't even get those. They can't even get crime stats from a year ago posted up in real time. How would they be able to have real-time data on a disease? Most of us saw that and chose not to engage. We decided, okay, we'll wait until the data comes out. But a lot of people have their trust in institutions. And those are the people that I think that the info war is affecting in the biggest way. And they're the ones that are going to be the most likely to be swayed by all of this stuff. The, the institutions lost credibility in 2020. They lost more of it in 2021. And here we are in 2023, and they are trying to wage an influence campaign to get your attention back. They need to capture your attention. They need to capture your ability to trust them. They want you to come back to the fold. And many of you are falling for it. I think a lot of us have the instinct to fall for it because there's emotion and there's a lack of reason that comes into play when we start talking about atrocities, when that, that human sentiment kicks in well over the top of what you should expect for, uh, for your rational brain to engage in. They lied about COVID vaccines, whether they were effective or not. They lied about the statistics of a thing that many of us survived. I mentioned yesterday that we are all, anyone watching this is a cold and flu 2020 survivor. You survived the cold and flu season of 2020, right? We all did that. Just like we're all undefeated right now in gunfights at this point. Every fight to the death, you've survived. But they lost a step. They lost a step during that because you stopped trusting doctors. You stopped trusting the government who was putting out these statistics. You stop trusting the media. Many of us were already on that path, but that's okay. We're even further down that path because they were running a death counter, a nonstop death counter, like it was the national debt, right? They're running it on the side of CNN and MSNBC and ABC and CBS and all these, and Fox probably was doing it at some point too. And they all came out and forward in favor of one single simple narrative. Do what we tell you. Be scared of the things we're scared of. Don't ask questions about something that's already gone on. We're already repeating it over and over again. We're, we're disseminating the disinformation that says um, you are dealing with the safest and most fair and the most secure election in American history, when it was obviously false. So now you've got these three things. The truth is out there. I think that's always the case. We learned that from, from the X-Files as well. You know that you should trust no one. And you've got that sensation that all human beings do that you want to believe. They're all out there. These are all legacies of the 90s, but they're all legacies of what happened in 2020 and 2021 under the COVID crisis. We all want to believe in an institution. Let me share a little personal anecdote about something that happened yesterday. My wife and I took our baby, who is now six weeks old, coming up on seven weeks, down to our midwife. And we did the classic, radical, traditionalist move of having a home birth. I'm actually going to have the midwife come on. She's, uh, she's written a book about why choose home birth. And so she's going to come on maybe maybe next month, and we're going to talk about that. It's, it's an interesting time because so many of you are looking for an alternative path. You're like, I don't like traditional medicine, but that doesn't mean what we think it means. Even the word traditional medicine right now, which involves like pharmaceuticals and involves, um, you know, doctors coming in and doing scans and showing up for wellness checks and all these things that I grew up with in the 80s. That's what we did. We trusted institutions. They told us what, and we went and did it. Like how many of you could go for a year without getting a wellness check for your doctor, for your doctor to give you a pat on the back and saying, good job, well done, you're doing great, you're healthy, you're doing well. Most people need that. And what about your kids? How many of you have taken a year and never taken your kid to a doctor? How about two years? How about five years? How about never taking your kid to a doctor? Would they be okay? Would they be the same? I've met people who have told me that they had a, their, their birth was done at home and their kids have never seen a physician in the United States. Would that shock you? Would that, would that be a weirdo? Probably five years ago, we all would have agreed. Like, that person's pretty fringe. And today, you start thinking, like, maybe that guy's got, that guy or that gal, that family has figured out something that we all are screwing up on. How many of you are paying insurance premiums every single month for sick care when you're not sick? I bet a bunch of you are. I know I was. I was working for the federal government, and I paid a fortune. I mean, we were putting hundreds and hundreds of dollars every week to pay this stuff off. I want to thank, uh, what is it, uh, Balaran 
for being a new monthly supporter. Thanks for joining the channel. We appreciate that. We see you guys pop up on here. We like to call it out. And I've seen a number of you guys throwing Rumble Rants down the thing. Rumble Rick saying, haven't seen a doctor in 30 years. <laughs> Rumble Rick, you're my kind of guy. Here's the thing. I don't know when the last time I saw a doctor. Maybe I saw a doctor uh, when I was getting admitted into the FBI. In fact, this was actually one of the funnier moments. I went to a doctor and, and um, they took some blood panels. And uh, then I had a nurse call me up. Called me up. She was in the same building as me. And she called me up and she said, uh, we'd like to prescribe a statin for you. You're 35 years old. You run five miles a day. And we'd like to prescribe a statin for you to make sure that we handle your cholesterol problem. And also, you should stop eating red meat and cheese. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Thanks. You haven't even looked me in the eye. You don't even know what I look like. You don't have no idea. You're looking at blood panels. And, uh, and you're looking at my triglyceride levels and my, my HDL and my LDL levels. And they're both basically like elevated 25%. You don't know what my baseline is. You don't know what normal is for me. You haven't been looking at my military physicals that I did where I would do very, very aggressive physicals while I was on active duty. So, so many of us are, are so used to going and getting somebody to help us out, pat us on the back, tell us it's all okay. Tell us that we're good to go. And the legacy of 2020, the legacy of COVID in many ways is that that cycle is disrupted. And I think they're fighting aggressively to get back into your head. And this entire situation between Hamas and Israel, look, there is real human suffering that's happening. There's no doubt about it. We are not going to get the truth about what that is. That's the other piece we know for sure. Everybody's got an agenda. I don't know what the agendas are. I can't suss them all out, but I know that I don't trust any of them. I've moved into the Dana Scully camp. I always wanted to be Fox Mulder. Think about how many of you, did anyone want to be Dana Scully watching the X-Files in the 90s? Did any of you think like, yeah, I want to be Dana. I want to be the person that has no faith in anything, that doesn't believe in what's going on. And she seemed like she had the least amount of fun. But she was often correct, you know? And David Duchovny was ever hopeful. And he was constantly let down that his theories didn't prove out. Fox Mulder didn't find his sister. Whenever he did, it wasn't the right thing. It, you know, all, all the entire storyline, the entire arc of these characters is one person was born out over and over again, and she's kind of like the friendly villain. She's kind of the person that we all kind of sneer at, and we go, well, if she had just believed more, you know, he's sort of right. But Dana was right. Skepticism. So we went to this, we go to this midwife, and uh, she mentioned something about, uh, you know, are you getting kids vaccinated? And, and I would have thought that a, a person who didn't go get vaccines for their kids was a crazy person five years ago. In fact, I actually thought that about my boss at the FBI. He came in and took over a squad, told me none of his kids were vaccinated. I was like, that's a weirdo. That's a weirdo thing to have. They were very Christian. He prayed at work. Um, I know he was a good person. We didn't agree on everything, but he was a good man. And I thought, what a strange guy. He didn't go get vaccines. Like, that doesn't bother me. It's like his kids that are exposed. But how many of us are waking up to the idea that maybe all of this was about something else that had nothing to do with keeping our kids safe? And how many of us are not mad at traditional medicine, or we call it traditional medicine, but it's not traditional at all. You go for the entirety of human history. And that's the other funny thing, the language war, right? We kept, I, I talked about this with the midwife. Traditional medicine is actually something very different. Western medicine is more accurate and modern medicine is accurate. And I don't have a problem with science and I don't have a problem with medicine. What I have a problem with is the practitioners of it are lying to us. And I'm not sure they even know that they're lying. So that's a really weird place for us all to live. It's a really strange thing for us to look out and say, all the institutions I trusted, medicine, government, media, uh, law enforcement, federal law enforcement. People used to think the FBI was above reproach. I know many of you had some instinct in that into the 90s as well. But it kind of came back. We all had 9-11. We learned the, the wrong lessons. Trust more government, not less. I know you libertarians are screaming at your screen right now. I understand that too. There have been warnings about this for a very long time. But the upside is, is that people have started to separate dramatically from the normal sensation of people are not trying to lie to me and they are moving into the trust no one camp. And that's probably a good thing. But do not get suckered in with all of these, these MSNBC, these, N these NBCs, these CNNs, because now they're telling you things that you think you want to hear. They're telling you that Hamas is a bad guy. You're telling, they're telling you that, uh, you know, there's atrocities going on. I'm going to go into one single story. I don't know what the truth of the story is. Neither do you, it turns out. But we're going to do into one single story right after the break here. And I want you guys to consider how disingenuous these groups are. We're going to use one story to point out and illustrate that there is a narrative being run through here. And I'm not even sure the people that are involved in the narrative even know what that is. And that's probably the scariest piece of it. Before we do that, uh, I want to say, why don't you guys go and check out my buddy, Garrett O'Boyle's website, you can go to the-suspendables, I'm saying it for you in the way it spells out, T-H-E, the word the, a dash, suspendables.com. 
If you do such a thing, you will find the Suspendables merch store, which supports a FBI whistleblower's family who's been indefinitely suspended forever, who probably can never expect to see uh, another paycheck from the FBI, but he's got to fight the fight in so much as he's got to stick in there and make sure that the FBI is accountable for it. And in doing so, you can pick up some of these great items. They've got uh, Rager panties, which if you've never worn them, experience the freedom. You can pick up uh, T-shirts. Some of them are really neat. And then you've seen that I've been wearing this, and these are just a great little quick item. If you're looking for support but you don't need another T-shirt, why don't you check out this one right here, the Suspendables Badge Lapel Pin. You can pick up one for $14.99. You can always use my promo code Kyle. That'll get you 10% off. That's just so we can track who's coming in. There's no money in it for me. I do this just to support my buddy. But moreover, if you want to add three of those to the cart, you'll get free shipping. All right? So you'll get three for $10 each. So three for 30. And uh, that way you can hand them out to your friends and family members. These are really good looking pins. Actually, every time I've worn it, everybody wants it. I'm bringing one for Owen Schroyer today. I'm going to bring one down to the InfoWars studio. You'll probably see one if you watch InfoWars or Band TV. You'll check that out today. So let's let's dig into one single piece of the narrative. Have you guys heard the story? Babies are being beheaded in a kibbutz down in, in Israel. Apparently, these uh, Hamas fighters went in and just like ISIS, they were cutting heads off babies. That sounds awfully atrocious. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Maybe there are pictures of it. Maybe those are fake. Maybe those are coming from a conflict that already existed. We're finding out, and I had somebody in the chat say earlier, some of the videos that we were showing from yesterday came from different uh, military operations. Of course. Of course they did. There's no way to real-time fact-check this stuff. There's no way to know other than we are seeing um, some emblems. Actually, you want to pull up uh, number six, Ryan, that picture that we showed with BLM? We saw this thing pop up on social media. This is from the Chicago BLM and they're showing a paratrooper, I stand with Palestine, flying with a uh, Palestinian Hamas flag. Okay, that seems really well coordinated. That went out and kind of validates that whatever was going on, the poor man's paratrooper assault that we talked about with George Hill yesterday, it's legit. Whether or not we had great footage of it or not is another story. It's sort of irrelevant to me. I actually don't really care if the video was correct because what happened there seems to be true. The way you feel about it is the thing that's really uh, interesting. And this is our buddy Steve Gray, who we've had on the show before, and I was recently on another uh, podcast with him talking about how there's no way you can forget that FBI agents were kneeling in solidarity with BLM. BLM is in solidarity with Hamas. You can't be standing with Palestine and not standing with Hamas. That's the same thing at this point. That's their government. That's who they elected to run. So there you go. The FBI's agents are taking knees and endorsing sort of this like proxy terrorist group. That's how it works, right? If you support somebody who supports something, then you support that thing. If A, then B, B, then C, then A, then C. That's how it works. The chain. So there you have FBI agents now by proxy supporting Hamas, but they're not doing that on the mainstream. Let's do these videos. I want to play a video that just happened. This is uh, John Kirby. This is a guy that many of us can love to hate. He is a spokesperson coming for the Pentagon. Let's play video number one. I want you to think about what is being sold to you with this man going on TV and crying. What's going on there? Go ahead and play video one. I, uh, <clears throat> I, it, sorry it's it's very excuse me very difficult to look at these images jake uh, it, it and the, the the human cost and these are human beings they're family members their friends their loved ones cousins brothers sisters yeah it's difficult and i apologize of course he has nothing to apologize for of course he has nothing to apologize for i'm jake tapper i'm showing you a fiery red background it's mostly peaceful in the fiery red this may have been, uh, it could have been Minneapolis, but it's not. It's actually something that we are now very serious about. And John Kirby is crying about babies and the awful cost of war. John Kirby is crying about the death of babies. Does that bother you guys at all? Does that, does that spark anything in your mind? Anything you can remember about that? Let's do video number two, Ryan. You got the start point there. I think it starts at about 53 seconds in. Let's hear about John Kirby and his care about babies. You have every right to expect that the organization, in this case, the military, is gonna take care of you and they're gonna take care of your families. And they're gonna make sure that you can serve with dignity and respect, no matter who you are, or who you love, uh, or, uh, or how you worship or don't. And, um, and our policies, whether they're diversity, inclusion, and equity, or whether they're about transgender individuals who qualify physically and mentally to serve to be able to do it with dignity, or whether it's about female service members one in five 
or female family members being able to count on the kinds of health care and reproductive care specifically that they need to serve. Uh, that is a foundational, sacred obligation of military leaders across the river. Uh, I've seen it myself, and it matters because it says we're invested in you because you are being willing to invest in us. You're investing your life, your family's livelihood with us. We owe you that, that back in return. I had a chance a couple of weeks ago That's to meet with right some there. military spouses here at the White House. Yeah, he had a um, chance to meet with military spouses and talk about abortion. He wanted to know, hey, you're married. Do you want to kill babies? Is that what you're into? Is that why you signed up with the United States military? Is that what your husband did so that you could kill off babies? They have a sacred obligation to kill babies as members of the military and as members of the military uh, medical corps. You have to kill babies. But also... There's a lot, of, a lot of crying going on on CNN. You think that man seriously feels that? I mean, he's a crap actor, too. He's as crappy an actor as Merrick Garland, although he does seem to have taken that frog in the throat scenario. I did something. I looked uh, for, for that video this morning on YouTube, and in doing so, I typed in Kirby abortion. Those were the search terms. And the first thing that showed up, I'm actually show you this camera. Do you see above that? I mean, we can pull it back far enough for you to actually see. Or maybe I have to get it up close. When I pulled... Abortion and Kirby. Look at that. Do you see that little the little line of text above it that says context? It says context. Abortion health information from the National Library of Medicine. An abortion is a procedure to end a pregnancy. It uses medicine or surgery to remove the embryo or fetus and the placenta from the uterus. This procedure is done by a licensed physician or a licensed healthcare practitioner. Sorry, there you go. Ryan just pulled it up for you. Look at that. He's on the spot with this stuff. That's the same man that was crying. That was the same man that was crying about babies being killed. Is out there telling that the military has a sacred obligation to provide the opportunity to do that. Do you feel like you're getting played a little bit? All right. They've lost credibility and they're trying to emotionally pull it back. They are trying to get it back from, from, from what happened. And, uh, and I'm not sure that they can. We're going to go a little deeper down this rabbit hole because this story is going in so many weird ways. Look at this uh, this this thing. Ryan actually showed me a, a little video or a uh, an advertisement on Twitter that was saying it was two times an hour, 24-7 updates on the Israel-Hamas war. And it's an advertisement. They are advertising for their news coverage of this thing. I don't even know who the heck this organization is. If you'll pull up video number three, though, what we're going to see is a woman who looks like she's representing some sort of a news source. But you tell me if you, you recognize what news outlet she's with, because I don't. But she's going to tell us a story, and I have no idea if it's true or not, and neither do you. We have no idea whether these people are actors, whether this is staged, whether this is coming from somewhere else. But she is telling the same story that we're hearing John Kirby crying about, which makes me distrust her right away. Video three, let's run this one real quick. David, it's hard to even explain exactly just the mass casualties that happened right here. In fact, the Israeli military says they still don't have a clear number, but I'm talking to some of the soldiers and they say what they've witnessed as they've been walking through these different houses, these different communities, uh, babies, their heads cut off. That's what they said. Gunned down, families completely gunned down in their beds. You can see some of these soldiers right now comforting each other. Many of them reserves uh, who jumped into action, leaving their own families behind as well, not knowing the sheer horror that they were about to come to. They say they've never experienced anything like this. This is nothing that anyone could have even imagined when you're walking through here. Nobody could have imagined it. She's wearing her brand new press uh, body armor that's never been worn before. She's never been asked to cover anything like this. This is not a war correspondent. This is a lady that put on something. I don't know if that's a costume, if that came out of casting. I have no idea. It looks like something James O'Keefe would wear. By the way, he wears like body armor. That's There's no reason for him to wear it either. <laughs> Am I wrong? Ryan, doesn't he wear body armor all the time? Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah, I've, I've helped him put it back on, too. And it's, I'm like, why are you wearing body armor? We're going out on a stage in Phoenix. And he was like, oh, it's like a thing. It's like a thing I do. Anyway, this lady's doing that thing, too. Maybe somebody tied her shoes for her. Someone put that helmet on her. Those are old helmets, too. I don't know if those are surplus, but that's not the helmets that are being bought today. <laughs> I got Jared Garrett O'Boyle in the, in, the, uh, in the chat right now laughing about this. Like, the lady's wearing old-school Mitch helmets, She's wearing brand new body armor that's never been out there. There's some soldiers that are laughing in the corner. Some of you guys pointed that out. I have no idea what's being played right now, but I know that we're being played. 
I know that there's an emotional game and it's trying to recapture some influence for a news media organization that has fallen off. Think about this. This is going to be a clip from Fox News because we're going to keep going down this rabbit hole right through the end of it. This is uh, Fox News now doing the great work of holding the powerful to account. They're not just uh, making people get the COVID shots and they're not just telling people that we have a vaccine mandate because we're in New York and we have no say, even though we're one of the most powerful news organizations in the United States and we could be pushing back on the narrative. They're not just doing what they're supposed to do. There's that video. Gosh, that's so silly. Was that when I'm up there? Yeah, look, there's Kyle. There's Emily. That's my wife, folks. Yeah. And James is quite a bit taller than me. I'll just call it right what it is. But here's the thing. Why is Fox News now suddenly trying to hold the powerful to account? They're getting outraged. They're getting a lot of emotional buy-in. Let's play video number five. I'm sorry, video number four. This is a uh, reporter trying to run down Rashida Tlaib in one of the office buildings outside the Capitol. Look out, look at them. They're holding the powerful to account. They're doing real journalism. Do you feel the journalism? Let's do it. Let's play this. Just keep repeating it. Do you condone what Hamas has done, chopping off babies' heads, burning children alive, raping women in the street? You have no comment about children's heads being chopped off? Congressman, why do you have the Palestinian flag outside your office if you do not condone what Hamas terrorists have done to Israel? They survived. They made it Do to the members only. They made it to the members only elevator system and she can escape. This brutal questioning line where she just repeated the thing. Anytime somebody repeats something over and over again, that feels like propaganda to me. How about you? Is that propaganda? Is that how you get your message across? They use she used the word chopping off babies' heads over and over again. Did she have an emotional reaction to that? She seemed to be fine with the idea of yelling it out. Was it because she's so outraged and she's going to run down Rashida Tlaib? I don't know. Rashida Tlaib is representing a district that wanted her to represent them. She got elected. She's in Congress because the people that live in her district think that she's the best person to do that. That says a lot of things about them. It says a lot of things about who she is. But running her down there, like, did you accomplish anything? No, I don't think so. I really don't. I don't think you did it. I don't think you got what you wanted out of there. I think all you did was you did a messaging campaign yeah, some of you guys in the in the the chat are saying, how do you how do you know what to trust? Well, what I know what to trust is I know what not to trust. What I do is I narrow down what makes any sense to me and I start looking at it. I want you to just go back just a little ways and look at people like MSNBC. We got a couple other. Uh, what else we got? We got CBS. Let's throw CBS up on the screen real quick, Ryan. We got CBS's uh, main thing. That's going to be topic three, I guess. Let's see what they're doing. Latest news. Let's scroll through it. Israel bombs Gaza. Okay, that actually seems like a little bit more of a leftist slant on it, right? Bombing Gaza. Israel's the actor. Maybe they're the bad guys. As evidence of atrocities. Oh, Hamas atrocities. So Hamas deserved it. Let's pull this thing out and try to get a whole look at it. What are they covering? What are they not talking about? Right there. There's the fear piece of this, right? First, we get scared because something horrible is happening across the world. And then you start getting messages from your friends. What about sleeper cells in the United States? What about terrorists coming over our southern border? Click on that one, will you? It's one hour ago. We're talking about gruesome things. Let's get really emotionally involved. Let's try to go back and trust these mainstream media outlets that nobody seems to trust. And then let's talk about, are there are there terrorists coming? Could it happen here? Could it happen here? We tried to give you a sane and a sober and a, um, a dispassionate view yesterday with George Hill. George has been downrange in, in, a, in a military setting. He's worked on front lines of working on the Boston Marathon bomber, which was actual violence that happened in the actual United States in Boston, right? He's worked at the fusion centers that basically evaluate terrorist threats all over certain areas. They're, they're regional fusion centers where all the different law enforcement get together and use their intelligence capabilities to try to suss out what's going on. You can scroll down a little further, Ryan. So George has done the work there. And what did he tell you yesterday? He told you that he doesn't see a one-to-one -one relationship. There's no way that that's going to happen here. And yet, 
What do we see right here? This is CBS. A spike in terror watch list hits along the U.S.-Mexico border. We're going to trigger you into thinking this could happen here because it happened there. Those are people, and we're people. They have babies, and we have babies, right? Anything could happen. Anything could happen anywhere in the world. And yet, I want you to go look out your window right now. If you want to literally stand up and go look, are you going to see? Are you going to see anything? Are you going to see any wartime footing? Are there going to be tanks driving? Are there people flying out of the sky on lawnmowers strapped to their backs? I don't think so. That's not what happens. What is this thing saying here? Look at this graph they're showing. Border Patrol arrests of individuals on the terror watch list along the southern border. Man, um, 50 is the first line. And when does it even spike off the off the baseline? 2021 is the first time that there's a noticeable spike. Who was the president in 2021, Ryan? Do you remember who? What, something happened in this country. Somebody else took over. What was it's, that about? It's really weird. I can't really recall. Maybe yeah, Joe maybe, Biden? Maybe Oh, maybe it was Joe Biden coming in and suddenly you see now we're having a bunch of encounters of people that are a problem. That's what happens when you open up your border. And have they been spending any money? Have they been saying, hey, we need to secure the border. We've got a problem. 2021 was the biggest spike that we've seen in individuals on the terror watch list coming across. So the Biden administration is going to shut it down. No. No. They're not. But what you are hearing now is a bunch of rumblings about why the government should be bigger. And why the government should be given a pass for all their failures for the last two, three years and all the lies that happened in 2020 and 21 and 22. Why people like Gerardo Boyle and Steve Friend and I have been thrown out of the government, why we don't work there anymore because they did a loyalty purge. And now they're going to talk to you about sleeper cells. And are there going to be major American cities that are attacked? Are there Hamas cells here? Are there cells from other terrorist organizations that have come across that border, which has been porous? I don't remember anybody caring about it until, oh, this week. Saturday, it suddenly became an issue where they suddenly care. Now Democrats care. Now leftist media sources care. Now leftist media sources, which are 100% behind the free Palestine movement and make excuses over and over and over again for the political left causes, are suddenly on the side of Israel. Weird. Why is that? The same people that seem 100% behind the Ukrainian war and watching a bunch of innocent people go to their deaths in conscripted battles, those people are also behind a war in Israel. Ah, but at least they're going to be fair and balanced. They're going to let you know that a watch list hit doesn't mean that person is a terrorist. It just means that there's some credible information that shows it. Or the government has nominated them as a terrorist, even though we didn't have really good information. I mean, I might be on that watch list for all I know at some point. There's probably silent hits on me in the system called Tex, which is what the uh, Border Patrol Troll uses for all their their positive interactions with people that come across. So it's worth knowing when the leftist media gets on board with a cause that is not the leftist media's cause, and you've seen them basically championing the squad and Rashida Tlaib, and suddenly now they're going to be on the side of Israel, I have a major alert come up. I think, what in the actual hell are they trying to cover us from? We talk about the laser pointer thing. This is Kyle Serafin's theory on it. The laser pointer is the U.S. media. The media goes and tells you where to focus on the carpet, and you attack the dot on the floor, right? You go and you attack the dot on the floor like a cat, but you're missing where it's coming from, and you're missing why they're directing you over there. You think about it. When the, why do you do the laser pointer game with your cat? And I don't have a cat, but I can imagine if you did have a cat. It's because they're attacking your furniture. It's because they're attacking your feet. It's because they're in there running around doing something you don't want them to do. So you give them a distraction. Just the same way you throw toys to a kid or you turn on the TV, you're trying to keep people from what's really going on. And what's really going on is we've had an open border for quite a while. Our Biden administration failed pulling out of Afghanistan. They gave us the first distraction right then, COVID vaccine mandate. Let's cause some turmoil inside the federal government because everyone's looking at how we militarily failed and armed a terrorist organization that we fought for 20 years. I just watched Bosch last night with my wife. We were watching this because sometimes we rewatch shows before the uh, the next season comes out. And there's a thing called Bosch Legacy. They show a couple of scenes from 2003 that it's like flashback scenes. And they're showing the equipment that the United States military was using, the special operations guys were using when they were going into the, ta the caves in Tora Bora. You remember 2003? America was united. We all thought that this was the right war. We were all going in. We were all doing the right thing. Patriot Act is on the table. Everybody's going to stop the terrorists. And you look at the technology that has changed between 2003 and 2021 when we pulled out of Afghanistan and left all that stuff. It is absolutely staggering. 
I mean, there are guys in this country who would turn up their nose at the things that we had in 2003, but we don't have, you know, widespread use of the weapon systems and the, uh, the arms and the uh, sighting and the night vision and all that kind of capabilities that we left. People would be like thrilled to have that stuff in the United States, but we left it for terrorists. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to tell you to worry about a terrorist attack. Am I hearing the same rumblings you are? Of course. I've got friends of mine that are in the know and friends of mine that are not in the know. And everybody's talking about, well, what's going to happen? Is this Friday the 13th going to be a really big deal? There's some historical precedents for why that would be. There's some historical precedents about why 9, 13, or 10, 13, Friday the 13th might be a big deal. And, you know, terrorists love big numbers and they love names and they love giving meaning to names. There's a reason why Tim McVeigh bombed when he did. It was tied back to what was going on with the Davidians, which was tied back in some of the other stuff that was going on in the 90s. Look, a lot of the stuff we've seen before, I talked about it in our, our discussion of term limits, which, by the way, is still sitting here on my desk. I got to finish reading this book here from Vince Flynn. But we had a moment in the late 90s where everybody was fed up with government in the same way. And then we kicked the can down the road because of 9-11. Now, it doesn't matter why 9-11 happened to me. What happened was there was an opportunity and we didn't take it at the moment. We learned the wrong lesson. And we are in the same moment right now, that reset after COVID. They are trying to regain the narrative. That is the legacy of COVID-19 that we are seeing. They are trying to capture it back and they found something that is shiny and scary and it makes you worried. And they are trying to get their credibility back. Can we pull up the uh, topic seven? This is Wikipedia, folks. This is like, this is not uh, inside baseball, but it is a look. My wife is a therapist. This is the amygdala. Do you know what that is? There are two little almond-shaped organs or parts of your brain. There are a little section in there. And if you go on the webpage and you want to read about it, if you're not familiar with the amygdala, if you have never studied brain physiology, the amygdala is shown to perform in the primary role of processing memory, decision-making, and your emotional response. Well, which, which emotional responses? Fear, anxiety, and aggression. Okay. It's part of the limbic system. So the amygdala is the thing that triggers you to move past your rational thought and decision-making, and it can be overcome. It is, it is the rational decision-making center. And yet, what it actually can be, it can get hijacked by the emotional outputting. And what they are doing right now is they are trying to recapture you from the logical decision-making, from the frontal cortex where you would go, oh, this is, this is bad information. This is good information. This woman is repeating the words chopping babies' heads off. That's not the thing people said. Think about how many times you've heard someone use that phrase in your life in any way, in a serious place. It's either you got sick friends who were former Marines and they were talking about something silly and they were going down a you know a dark hole of uh, baby jokes or this lady walking through the halls of Congress yelling it at Rashida Tlaib. Doesn't happen. It's not a normal phrase, but it's very emotional. And the pictures and the John Kirby, the serious spokesperson, he's sobbing, sort of. Like, did you see any tears in his eyes? That looked like crocodile tears to me. He's out there crying about something on CNN. This is the same guy that was celebrating the need for the military to pay for abortions. You cannot believe these people. They are emotionally hijacking you. It's the same way that COVID was really effective in getting you scared. Everybody was going to die. They gave you fake numbers up front. Do you remember? Everybody's going to die. There are some people in this world right now, mostly on the political left, that think 50% of the people that get COVID will be dead at the end of it all. How many of you have had COVID? I've had it a couple times, I think. I know I was tested for it at least twice that was positive. I survived all of them. I'm still standing. I might even have it right now. I've got a little bit of a sore throat. That could be it. It could be because I went to the pool yesterday. I don't know. I'm not even going to test. I don't care. I refuse that narrative. You can be in the Dana Scully camp. You can go, hey, I'm a skeptic about everything. You have to prove it to me. You have to not only prove to me that it's true, but you have to prove to me why I should care. That's where I want to be. And that's where I encourage you to be. Why does it matter to me? Is my grocery store going to be affected right now? Is my family going to be affected right now? Are the people that I deal with at work going to be affected right now with what's happening in Israel? And maybe it is. Maybe you've got family in Israel and you are far more emotionally tied to it. That's okay. There's going to be a few of you like that. But a lot of people in this United States are going to get very emotionally involved in a situation that they didn't know about before it happened and they won't know anything true and they won't know anything about when it ends or how it works. There are atrocities happening right now in the Philippines, in Yemen. They're happening in South Africa. They're happening all over the world. They're happening in the United States on our southern border. 
Ryan Matta went down and showed that there are people that are stuck in Constantina wire, razor wire enclosures where they got over one layer, they're stuck on behind the other one, and they're sitting on the on the banks of a river, the Rio Grande, and they can't get into Texas and they can't get out of Texas. They can't go back where they came from without getting sliced up, and they don't know what the hell to do, and they've made some bad decisions. That's a that's a crisis. That's an emotional thing. That's far closer to me. That's only a couple hours away from me, and it has nothing to do with my life at all. It has nothing to do with your life either, unless you live down in Eagle Pass or you live in McAllen. And even then it may not, you know, it's starting to, it's starting to come to New York city. It's starting to come to Chicago. It's starting to go to Philly. Some people are starting to feel that pain. The border is coming to them, but that has far more to do with what's going on in your life. There's some good footage. Is that your drone, Ryan? Is that the drone footage you took? Cause that's pretty awesome. Look at this folks. Those people are stuck in a no man's land right there on the border, right there on the banks of that river. What are they going to do? They're, they're trying to figure out how to get in. They're, they're on U.S. soil, but they're stuck. And instead of us worrying about the things that are our problems, we're trying to zoom in on something that is so far away from us. We're zooming in so far away, all the way across the world. Somebody said it's a 17-hour flight away from you. It could be right in your backyard. Do you know how far 17 hours of flying is? It is an unfathomable distance to people for all of human history except right now. In the last, let's say, 75 or 100 years, the, the concept of flying around the world has been real. Before that, 17 hours away across an ocean was an unfathomable distance only made for the most like intrepid of overseas explorers. It was not real to you. And somebody told me that yesterday. I just think about 300 years ago, what would I know? What would be happening around me? And what would I be able to keep track of? There's a concept called the Dunbar number. It's a series of circles, and they get ex ever expanding wider and wider. But they sort of top out the number of people that you can individually track in your mind that matter in your life. And it's like 150 people is the top number. You can't keep track of the number of people you have on social media. You can't keep track of the number of people that you, um, that you deal with on a peripheral basis. Your ability to track in any meaningful way. It starts off with a number that's like 8 or 12, which is immediate family numbers, and it gets to the, about the size of a tribe, 150 people or at least one faction of a tribe. Everything beyond there is simply Infowar trying to capture your brain, trying to get you to flip your amygdala and make emotional decisions and maybe go back in and buy what they're selling you. You should be asking those questions in such a critical way. We are in the trust no one phase right now. And it's really important. Look at this. Our chat's even getting spammed right now. Leaked videos from Gaza. They're trying to censor it. Oh, if they're trying to censor it, we should know about it, right? No, I don't care. I don't care about people trying to seed information into my lane. You should go and pull the information that you want to see specifically with a mission, and then you should independently try to figure out what are they trying to tell me with this? Is there a reason to doubt it? You should always start from the position of skepticism. Be the Dana Scully in this one. Don't be out there like Fox Mulder running out there, I want to believe. That's human nature. We want to believe. We want people. We want to believe that people are not lying to us all the time. But there is an awful, aggressive push to believe in a lot of these lies. There's a huge, huge incentive. There's a lot of money behind it. There's a lot of power. They can control your thoughts. They can control your voting. They can control your patterns of behavior. If they can get you to just buy into, we know what's going on. We're going to spoon food you the news. You should do what we show you. We're going to show you the narrow corridor of where our thoughts are. Go down that corridor. You'll be happy with everyone else. You'll be scared crapless. That's what they want to do. Okay? We're all seeing it. You've been told about it. You should know better because we all lived through 2020. And we saw they tried to do this again. They are trying to regain that footing because they lost so much ground. I think that what I would call actual traditional medicine gained 20 or 30 years ground on the current healthcare system during the years of 2020 because people went like, if that's the way that you're going to handle this, I'm out. People did the same thing that my family did, and I'm going to expose you to a midwife who will tell you about it. Women have been having babies on the ground, in caves, in fields for millennia. And now we think that it's weird if you were to have a baby at home. I can tell you being part of that situation, it was the easiest, most, it was the opposite of a hospital birth. It was not sterile. It was not weird. It was warm. It was around people that, that cared. It was a very small number of human beings. There were no wires or tests or beeping. It was a baby and a mother and a father and a person that was helping out as a midwife. That was it. That was all that was there. We had a midwife and her student, but it would normally just be the midwife and me. And that's how the baby came out. She's fine. Shockingly. She was able to just survive and she's thriving and she's getting fat and she's starting to smile, right? And most of us 
would be absolutely appalled at the idea that somebody says you can't go to a hospital to have your baby. Like we're waking up. We're going back to where we were, which is that there's there are thousands of years of human experience that back up that position. And there's thousands of years of human experience that back up that men are not women and women are not men. And yet we have an entire population of youths that have gotten emotionally involved in something they do not understand. They've been spoon fed lies and they don't understand how to even deal with other human beings. And they are so pissed off that they are willing to pick a fight on it. I picked this video up only because it shows how successful the narrative is. Video five is something that happened on a college campus. You want to talk about people that are divorced from reality. A young lady that got physically confrontational with a grown man and she walked away from it. In history, this does not happen. 20-year-old single female picking fight with 45, 50-year-old men equals that woman's not standing anymore because she has gotten into the physical space where she has no business. But she's so safe in America that she's able to do this because she's been brainwashed to believe that this is the way that you interact with people. Play video number five for me. This is this actually does make a lot of sense with all of this. This is part of the narrative of selling you. And this is about the trans agenda, which, by the way, you're not focusing on right now because you're worried about Israel and Hamas. Play video five for me. <laughs> what? Get the fuck out of my face. Yo, yo. Oh, okay, they're knocking things off a, off a, a table that's not theirs. These like men wearing masks. Why should I be transphobic? You are transphobic. What the fuck is the sign you're holding right now, huh? Get this shit out. She's flipping over a table. Calm down. Everybody wants the police to come out. Look at these crazies. This is incredible. That mask is awesome. Ryan, can you zoom in on that woman's mask? Man. They're so mad. What? All right, go ahead and flip that thing off. So we've got these people that are so viciously angry that they're going to pick a fight well outside of their weight class, well outside of the safety range of what they should be doing. Why? Because they're emotionally invested, because their amygdala is triggered, because they are running on pure fear, anxiety, and aggression that have nothing to do with the reality of the situation, which is that there's a couple of people here that are just hanging out and they're offering some free information. You've got bleach blonde tips girl here, this young black gal with glasses on with a mask in public, like standing on the grass. And she's going to go flip over stuff and start a fight with a grown man. That guy looks like he could throw a punch. He came from a generation when men threw punches. I guarantee you he's been hitting the nose once in his life. I don't think she ever has, but they're empowered to do this sort of thing. They're empowered because they're told there's an outrage and they're part of the response to it and they need to be mad. She's the same person that would be kneeling with BLM. She's the same person that would be standing with Hamas. Except now suddenly there's a, a media narrative that started to try to regain it. They're trying to tack back towards the middle. But what's that middle involve? An awful lot of money, your money, going to Israel, going into the war efforts, going into the medevac efforts. We've already sent soldiers. We've already sent sailors. We've sent Marines over that way. How soon before we want to get involved in that? This does not concern the United States. And that's why we did the show yesterday. That's why we did it, because I want people to look around and just figure out. It's not that you're being unkind and you are trying to ignore the inadequacies and the iniquity in the world. I had a sermon about this. This happened during uh, the COVID sort of shutdowns. And one of the sermons was this. There are atrocities happening all over the world. You can only affect some of them. And you have to start with yourself. There's a reason why your fitness Talking about it with George yesterday was so important. Your fitness means that you are healthy and stable and physically capable of maintaining your own presence in the world. If you can't help yourself, you can't help anyone else. So you help yourself first and you make sure. There's a reason why when you're sitting on a plane, you put the mask on yourself first. If you black out from lack of oxygen, you are good to no one. So get your own self in order. And then you help the people that are in your immediate circle. Those are your children. Those are your wife, your husband. Those are your brothers and sisters that live with you, the people in your own household. And then you worry about your neighbors and you expand that circle outward. Jordan Peterson talks about this in, in the clean your room theory. You don't have to like Jordan, but some of the things he says are really, really, really important. You can only mildly affect small things in your own space. And one of them is take care of yourself and then those around you. This is the Dunbar number. This is clean your room. This is focus and act locally. And that will change things globally. If everybody was fixing their own little house and their own little street, we would be in decent shape. But there's plenty of people that are focusing on far off issues. Oh, how come the U.S. government is mean to trans people? Like, what do you think you're going to affect? 
How crazy are you? They want to believe that they can do something. They're Fox Mulder. They're chasing down ghosts. They're chasing down aliens that don't exist. They're chasing down government conspiracies that are actually more accurately. Uh, I talked to another uh, federal whistleblower. We're going to have him on soon <laughs> talking about stuff going to the FBI. It's more like idiocracy than it is like the cancer man sitting in a room smoking cigarettes. And you think those people are going to save you because you support them? Because you run after Rashida Tlaib? Get your house in order. Stop worrying about things that are so far outside of your ability to do anything. If you can't have a direct effect, if you think your social media, and I've got a pretty good social media reach, I've probably got a bigger social media reach than almost all of you listening to this. I've got 106,000 people following me on Twitter. What does that mean? Nothing. I've got another 75,000 following me on True Social. What does that mean? Nothing. When I tweet something, what happens? Nothing. Some of you learn something. Some of you disagree with me. Some of you respond. Some of you laugh because I try to keep it a little bit light. That's it. Okay, it doesn't affect Hamas and it doesn't affect Israel. It doesn't stop bombs from falling out of the sky or babies dying or not dying. It doesn't do anything. These are made up. The idea that you go touch grass is that you should go out there. I, I would say forget touch grass as a as a uh, piece of advice. How about go dig a hole? You want to go see what happens? Go affect something locally. Go put a shovel into the ground. Stomp on the blade with your boot. Don't do it with your flip flops because that's how you get your feet hurt. I've done that too. Put your boots on and go stomp some ground and go dig a hole and affect something and see what that looks like. That hole is now something that you could plant in. It's something you could leave open and your kids can stumble over. You could leave it open and maybe your kids will make a potion in it, like my one. They would fill it up with water and sand and all kinds of weird stuff, like grated chalk. I don't know. They try to make clay. That's a that's a thing you can see. You can affect a change in your, in your little area by digging a hole. But it'll also show you how little you can change because you sure as heck can't dig up your whole yard. It's going to take you all day. And then nobody will care except you. This whole idea that you need to act locally, just dial it back a little bit, folks, and see what they're trying to show you. They are trying to uh, to get you off guard. And then in the middle of all this stuff and all the distractions, I want to bring something up here that many of you may not be aware of. I want you guys to check out, uh, where, where do we have the, uh, it's topic four. This is an old article. I remember this. I can't unknow this. I made this comment on social media and I got attacked by some um, person that loves that uh, absolutely loves uh, Hamas, I guess. They're, 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 by the way, there are online Twitter spaces that are happening right now where people have been talking about this for straight up 96 plus hours in a row. There are thousands of people tuning into these Twitter spaces to listen, these ongoing discussions, and they're all putting out their own sort of like crazy information. This is a story from PJ Media, and it, come, and it dates back to 2010, okay? And there was a lot of push and anger at this, but it always stayed in my head because it seemed really interesting because it was based on facts. The story that you're seeing on the screen, if you're watching our Rumble channel, is the problem of inbreeding in Islam. Did I just say that? Yeah, I did. I just said that, right? Let me see. Can we switch, can we switch here? The problem of inbreeding in Islam. There is a dire phenomenon rising in Europe. This goes back 13 years right now that is crippling entire societies, yet the continent sleeps, refusing not only to confront the destructive elephant in the room, which is to say that there's a lot of Muslim people in otherwise fundamentally Christian nations, at least by their founding, but they they uh, but also to admit its very existence. And the troubling phenomenon, it's widespread practice of Muslim inbreeding and birth defects and the social ills that that spawns. There it is. It just laid out in the first sentence what's going on. Inbreeding in Muslim populations, birth defects, and social ills that it spawns. How does this all tie in? You're going to find out in a second here. So there's a tragic effect when you basically make certain things off limits, that's what this is talking about. The left has basically said that uh, if you say anything that is negative about Islam or Muslim people or the people that, that practice that religion, that you are now Islamophobe, which makes you racist, which makes you basically someone who is untouchable, your, your opinions are no longer useful. Any person, quote, who dares to point at the pathology of inbreeding in the Muslim community is accused of whipping up hatred against Muslim people. I am not mad at people who are, who are inbred. I am not mad at people that have a culture that inspires that. I am concerned both for them and for us as we deal with them. And there's a reason why. Here's what it says. Massive inbreeding among Muslims has been going on since the prophet first allowed First cousin marriages, more than 50 generations or 1,400 years ago. For many Muslims, therefore, intermarriage is regarded as being part of their religion. In many Muslim communities, it is a source of uh, social status to marry one's daughter or one's son to his or her cousin. Intermarriage ensures that wealth is kept within the family. Islam's strict authoritarianism plays a large role in this as well. Keeping daughters and sons close to families gives families more control and more power to decide their choices and their lifestyles. All that stuff sounds pretty true. There are consequences for this, which is one of the biggest reasons why Christianity was able to spread and do what it did, which is 
increase the uh, a lot of a lot of capabilities in this in the world, including freedom. Today, seventy percent of all Pakistanis are inbred, and in Turkey, the amount is between twenty five and thirty percent. There are more stillbirths. There's a, a study showing that there are more stillbirths amongst immigrants in the UK. A rough estimate shows that close to half of all people living in the Arab world are inbred. A BBC study showed that 55% of the Pakistani community in Britain was married to a first cousin. The thought is that it's linked to the probability that a British Pakistani family is at least 13 times more likely than the general population to have children with recessive genetic disorders. Did you hear that part? 13x. 13x more likely than the general population to have the rare genetic disorders. In fact, the studies that I think it actually cites it in here, we'll throw this thing up on uh, on social media if you guys are not seeing these things. If you've never done, but you can also just look for it, inbreeding in Muslim, or inbreeding in Islam, rather. Uh, BBC research showed that British Pakistanis accounted for just 3.4% of all births, yet they accounted for almost a third, 30% of all British children with recessive disorders and a higher rate of infant mortality. There is a cost to this stuff. And one of the other things that we know about people when they have some of these rare genetic disorders, they have lower IQs on average, which is not good. There's some uh, in findings here that shows that if one's parents are cousins, intelligence goes down 10 to 16 IQ points. The risk of having an IQ lower than 70 increases 400% among children from cousin marriages. There's a reason why we've always made fun of it in this country. It comes from a legacy of saying that, you know, you know, if your cousin is your wife, we make fun of it in the hillbilly populations. It was a joke. Now, a lot of that comes from isolation where people don't have a lot of breeding options. That's part of it. And part of it is in this particular situation that you have a much higher probability of mental and physical retardation and schizophrenic illnesses. You are creating a population that has a higher propensity for physical and mental problems. And some of those things include increased aggression and the inability to actually control things like your amygdala. Having these uh, sort of cultural norms for 1400 years in certain Muslim populations is really scary. Now think about this. We hear about how, how, uh, there is a, a, an outdoor prison that exists in Palestine that they are all stuck in there. There's 2 million people and they can't leave. You guys heard this too. That's the other big talking point on the left. It's an outdoor prison. There's two things that are happening there. Number one, Israel may not be letting them come into Israel. That makes sense. Egypt is not letting them come in either. These are Muslims keeping Muslims out. Why? Because you have a population there that has shown a propensity for violence, that has a political ideology that is violent, and that they've elected the violent terrorist regime, which is the FTO, a foreign terrorist organization, according to the U.S. State Department, is running the area of Palestine. That's their elected government. And Egypt doesn't want them either. So when I tell you that there's some problems here, I'm not telling you that you should discount it. But I started doing a, a catalog. And maybe you guys are, maybe we have some Muslim uh, people that, that listen to the show. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I don't have a single Muslim friend, not because I, I discriminate against friends based on their religion. I have no idea. But I don't have a single one of them that has the same values as me. I, I just, I've never come across somebody that was Muslim that was like a buddy of mine. I have friends that actually hate Muslims. They're, they tend to be from the Middle East and they tend to be Christians and they, they've had families that were persecuted by them. That's, that's really interesting. And George Hill and I had that conversation yesterday and he came up with the same calculus. Not a single one. I don't know why. But it's a data point that I have to look at. And it makes me wonder, what's going on with this? And why is this stuff not being talked about? This is an academic study of lower IQs, higher increases in certain types of retardation, physical and mental, schizophrenic illness, which can lead to violence and leads to people who are having a really difficult time um, understanding what's going on in the, in the physical world. You know, schizophrenia, people break with the physical reality and they have a different view and they're easily convinced of things that are not true. So that's strange. That's a strange thing. I encourage you guys to go out and find this article. If you've not read all of it, take it, internalize it, do what you wish, but use it as a, as a thing that you can use as one additional calculus as you go and evaluate the information coming at you. There is a reason for science to exist. There is a reason why a Dana Scully is a good skeptic, but science starts from the position of skepticism, not like trust us. The trust, the trust, the science sort of crowd is the opposite of science. And we learned that in 2020 as well. That's part of the legacy of COVID. So, that's today's show. I hope you guys uh, are less likely to believe the things around you simply because I don't know what they're trying to sell you. And honestly, neither do you. We can't get into another person's human heart and know what that's about. It's very important that we address all this stuff with just a moment of pause. Uh, in the military, we'd say, take a knee and hydrate. I would like all of us to take a knee and hydrate during this week while there's so many emotions going on. And if you have the ability to slow down some of that emotional capture, 
we should be doing it. We should be doing it 100%. Let's go ahead and say thanks to our folks that uh, have been giving us five-star reviews. We cleared uh, 755 star reviews. This one is coming from Safe Again from the beginning of this month. Be careful what you wish for. Does your sermon about old folks include Thomas Sowell? Hopefully, you'll be as brilliant when you reach 93. Beware of generation generalizations. Statistically, they are never 100%. Commendable that you are passionate about American values and as stated articulately by Sowell in a recent TV interview. Let me just say this about old people in politics. I don't care if it's Thomas Sowell. I don't care if it's Stephen Hawking. I don't want people that are old in politics, period, because they don't have young children like I do, and they're not most likely to live the longest with the effects of what they do. I got no problem with Thomas Sowell. I got no problem with any of you if you're old. I don't care. And when I say old, I mean retirement age because we're just rounding up and using a general term. I don't dislike old people. I think the old people are the best. Like the people I love the most in my life, my parents, I, I love them because they have great counsel, but they also don't have to make the decisions. And sometimes we make different decisions that they wouldn't make because there's a risk aversion that comes with age. So if you find that to be offensive, so be it. You can have a different opinion. That's the best part about America. We're all supposed to have a different opinion. We're supposed to be independent laboratories for freedom and free thought. And if you think otherwise, by all means, think otherwise. Consider it and dismiss what I had to say. But I don't want Thomas Sowell running, running our government either. And brilliant people at 93, they have no place for me. That's why I don't care about, it's not about political parties for me. And it's not about their capabilities. I don't want Victor Davis Hanson, who I think is also brilliant. I don't want him in government. I don't want him running anything. He should be an advisor. We used to know that there was a council of elders, but the council of elders did not make the decisions. That's kind of the human history. That goes back to our Dunbar number. It all comes into the same circles, folks. Uh, we do appreciate your five-star reviews. Thank you for um, engaging with us. Like I said, I'm happy to re read it, whether you agree with me or not. We want to say thanks for you guys joining us. Our show starts at 930 Eastern time in Liberty Hill, Texas. It is a home of freedom. We're interested in faith, family, and freedom on this show. Those are the things that I think are the most important. You can catch me on InfoWars a little bit later. Let me say thanks to my buddy, Eric Jason. He's been out there moderating the chat. You guys know he's there early. He's there often. He is one of our great supporters, and we are always really thankful to him. He said something about how the uh, the handicap get ignored. They do not. Not on the Kyle Serafin Show. We appreciate you, Eric. Thanks so much, buddy. And you can follow him on Twitter, at Eric Jason. Sorry, not Twitter. True Social. Let me say where it is. He's running our um, our Suspendables group on True Social. So if you have not joined the Suspendables group, you can do there. There's some really good recaps. And uh, Rose Reed actually puts out a recap of every single one of our shows with a really cool infographic. I don't know how she does it, but I like it. And you guys can go do that. You can follow Eric and you can follow Rose. All right, let's shut it down for the day. I will see you again tomorrow. Take a deep breath whenever anything happens. Take that knee and hydrate. And uh, it's all going to be okay, probably. It just might take a little while to get there. Guys, God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to The Kyle Serafin Show, streamed live Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on rumble.com slash Kyle Serafin. Follow Kyle on Twitter and True Social at Kyle Serafin.